They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. Here with tonight with my good friends, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then, now, and forever, C.K. and Joe Rodermill. How you doing? <laughs> Mr. Wednesday Night Live, hailing from Naples, Italy, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, our resident European champion. More like nipples, Italy. <laughs> <laughs> it is good to be here with you guys tonight. Uh, I think we have a, a decent amount to talk about. Yeah, we're going to attempt to review Raw. Yeah, we'll, we'll attempt to. We'll review SmackDown clearly, but we'll attempt to review Raw. <laughs> All right. Comparatively, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. I mean, last week, we had a really lot to talk about. You're right. We don't have nearly as much as we did last week. Um, so first things first, uh, anybody who likes the show, Matt Madness, if you're a fan of Alo, if you're a fan of Mr. Sexy Punicana, if, if, if you hate <laughs> Eric, and who doesn't, or even if you do like him. I don't know how, but if you hate him... <laughs> And, or, or if you like me. Somebody out there might like me. I don't know who, but it's possible. He's a perfect 20. How can you, <laughs> how can you, how can you not like him? The ladies' man. <laughs> Go to subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star rating. Subscribe or follow us on Podbean. I believe you can subscribe to us on Stitcher as well. Anything like that will help our show out. It'll help us grow. It'll help us bring you more content. And it'll just... Make what we're doing here a little bit more fulfilling for all of us as well. So please, if you enjoy the show, let iTunes know that you enjoy it. Let them know what you enjoy about it. And like I said, subscribe. Uh, it would be a huge help. And tell your friends to give them our friends. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Diddy was here. I made sure cartel calling you A. Diddy. Bad boy. <laughs> That was very. Uh-uh, that, was your, uh-uh. that was your bedroom voice there. Sexy. Uh, I'd also like to once again give a shout out to Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. No relation. <laughs> no relation uh, for the phenomenal theme music that he wrote for us. You hear it at the beginning and the end of the show. Thank you for that. You could check out him. What is his? Uh, where can you find his music again? I don't SoundCloud, know. Soundcloud.com/slash Don Arte. Okay, and eventually we will start having it on our Facebook page, posting links to some of his stuff. Yes. So, Donovan, thank you. And last thing before we get started, I attended House of Hardcore 18 on Saturday at the 2300 Arena, formerly known as the ECW Arena. Went there in April. It was an incredible show. I went there this time thinking they can't live up to it, but it'll still be fun, and they... Tommy Dreamer definitely outdid himself on Saturday because it was like 10 times better than really? the show. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, we got to see Tony Nese again, who I saw for the first time. Took a picture with him. Yeah, we got a picture with Tony Nese. I woke up to that. Yeah, that's one of the things you woke you, up to. You woke up to Tony Nese? Yeah. <laughs> Tony good, Nese. Good for you. I woke up to Tony Nese, the perfect 20. Actually, if. to fly <laughs> in the big day. Oh, wow. <laughs> If you look well, at that, I mean. <laughs> if you look at that picture on Twitter, I don't know if a picture has ever been taken with more cumulative facial hair than in that picture. Literally, everybody in that picture has a big beard. So Tony, he was a great guy. He was really cool. Ricochet was a really cool guy. He's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, he was awesome to watch. Uh, his match was incredible with Sammy Callahan. Uh huh. 
Um, Tony Nese was with Chris Hero. That match was awesome. It was just cool seeing him. Like I said, we saw him for the first time in April. We mentioned him to you on our show the next Tuesday. Um, who knew we would end up in the Cruiserweight Classic yeah. and get some heat on him? And then we got to see him again after like seeing more of him. So that was really cool. I wish the best of luck to Tony Nese. Thank you, Tommy Dreamer. I got to meet Bret Hart. I should have brought the belt today. I got. I have the one side of the Winged Eagle signed by HBK in gold. The other side signed by Bret Hart in pink. So what did Bret say when he saw Sean's name? He didn't say anything. I, I Actually, and I'm not the biggest Bret guy, and I'm pretty sure I had some harsh words for Bret a few weeks ago on the show. Um, but you see this guy waited 45 minutes in line to meet him. Very brief exchange, maybe 90 seconds at the most. You could tell I me mean, he's obviously a much older guy now than when he was on TV. And I saw him, and you could kind of tell, like, I don't want to say he was, like, laboring because he wasn't, like, Mick Foley or anything like that. But all, like, all I could say to him was just, like, thank you. Because I'm like, I know this guy killed himself, like, to entertain us for 25 years, however long it was. Maybe I didn't appreciate him as much as some other people did when he was doing it, but I felt like I felt grateful when I was standing there with him. So shook his hand, like I looked him right in the eye and said, thank you, you know, for everything. And um, I think he said, I appreciate it. And then I just said, you know, best wishes in your future, because obviously he's had some health issues and things like that, and he hasn't had the greatest time the last 15 years since Goldberg kicked him in the head. And uh, it was... It was weird because, like, he looked me, like, dead in the eyes, and it was like, he thanked me. Like, thank you, I appreciate that. And it was like, I don't know, it was like a moving moment. Like, I, I like actually felt moved by that. Like that. You just touch every superstar. <laughs> That's, how you meet him. That's, That's my your, gimmick. That's your gimmick. But, but I, I, and then I, I kind of felt that way towards every other performer I saw there that night. I went up to everybody I saw after the show, said, thank you, great performance, had a blast, and... That's the cool thing about that, though. It's a small arena. When you're sitting in the front row, you actually get an interaction with them. Eddie Kingston, who I don't know if you know who he is or not, um, he is a hilarious heel. Like, he's a classic heel. And I thought he was hilarious from the last show. So we're sitting in the front row, and I remember, I, you know I have a strict no-booing-the-talent policy. <laughs> but as he was walking around the corner in front of my seat, I was like, I have to boo him, like, because I, I want to get like a reaction from him. Breaking policy. Yeah, so I was actually holding my, I had my Ring of Honor belt sitting in my lap, and as he walked by, I booed like real loud, like directly in his face, and he just looked up at me and went, "Nice Ring of Honor belt, sure." <laughs> and I, I started immediately laughing like out loud. The whole section around me started laughing. It was so funny. And at one point, he stands up on the turnbuckle, and uh, Michael J. Day, good friend of the show, yelled at him. And he goes, look at your face. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, but really, like interacting with the heels is awesome. Being that close to the action is awesome. And having that access to those guys so th- is really cool. So after the show, they all just came out to the crowd? Yeah, so they still have tables set up from the Icon Festival uh-huh. earlier. And like they'll just go back out to their tables like uh-huh. to try to sell some merch or sign some autographs. And uh, Say hi to Cameron. It's funny that you mentioned that. I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot she was going to be there. And I walked in, and right when we walked in to buy the tickets, she was, like, at the next table. And she was looking, what did Booker T say? Hmm? What did Booker T say? Good! (laughs) Um, And I had this idea 
like, oh, wait, she got fired from WWE. Maybe I should run out to the car, get my WWE women's title, and get a picture of her holding it up. <laughs> and I posted on Twitter and see if it got a reaction. And I had the idea, and literally two seconds later, she left. She was only there until 1 o'clock. Such a heel. To do it. Yeah. I was like, oh, come on. Because I, I thought that would have been great. But could have got to that do might, that. That might have got you blacklisted on WWE's... Uh... Well, Goldberg already hates us. <laughs> no, no sweat off my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I hate Goldberg more than he could ever hate me. Woke up to Goldberg hating us. Yeah. Yeah, which was kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, House of Hardcore is an unbelievable promotion. They put on a great show. They deserve the, the money that you pay for the ticket. If they're in your city, go see it. You will not be disappointed, I promise. Uh, we'll be there in December when they come back for the first ever steel cage match Hopefully between be Tommy Dreamer and Broken Matt Hardy, which... How was he? I got to tell you what a highlight that was for me. Because, one, I never thought I'd see him live. Two, like he's the most talked about thing in wrestling right now. Outside of WWE, but maybe even including WWE. He's excellent. And TNA. He's always on watch TNA. He came, out with, he came out with Senor Benjamin and uh, Revy Sky, and he was just ridiculous. <laughs> as as absurd as you would expect. And his the match was great. His promo was great before the match. Uh, it was awesome. It was like one of my favorite things I've ever seen at a wrestling show. Did you get just, to meet him? No, we got. I think he left before we got there. We got there pretty late. And he wasn't there after the show. So hopefully we get to meet him in December. But I'm, I'm looking very much forward to that. I'm off that day. Yeah, so you, I hope you'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to be there. Um, it's, yeah, because, you know, people come off all over the world to come see <laughs> the European champion. God only knows where you'll be hailing from. Exactly. You probably don't even know. I don't, know. I don't know. I have to check my schedule. Yeah. Uh, two more things before we get started. One, uh, check out. Our Throwback Madness, we did Unforgiven 2002, available on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you want to, you know, take a trip back to the past in the Attitude Era. Talk about Billy and Chuck. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some raisin, raisin Highlight of the show. Hildegard. Yeah, yeah Hildegard. Who still has face, he, he, some, some yeah. prostate on his <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah, he still has some of Hildegard's face some on his HLA. face. Some HLA. Yeah, and also, if you get a minute, check out our Matt Madness Unsanctioned with Shivani from Australia. It was a fun interview. Isn't She'll that probably a might be. That's Chobani. Oh. <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> I do. <laughs> she was a very fun interview. She's a great follow on Twitter, and I'm sure she'll be back on the show sooner rather than later. Soon, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You love her because she loves Triple H. Yes. Well, she, I like because she has sense. Yeah, she does have sense. Uh, yeah, she was like I said. She was a great interview. She was fun and very knowledgeable and had. Like a very healthy passion for the business of pro wrestling, which obviously we all appreciate. And we're about to get into Raw now. I'm going to apologize right up front. I, I've been talking about my SummerSlam hangover for a couple weeks. I think I had a House of Hardcore hangover coming into this week. Usually I like to view wrestling as something that distracts me from life. And this week, life has definitely distracted me from wrestling. So I do not... I, I did not retain a lot of information from this week, so I will do my best to facilitate the show. Hopefully, the show does not suffer because of it. It will. I so mean, you got to buy into the oh, post and everything like that. So I mean, it's understandably be a little yeah. distracted. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, so we're heading into Clash of Champions on Sunday. 
Fittingly, the main event is for the Universal Championship. I believe it's... Is that the first time this belt is being defended? Oh, uh, Because he hasn't had a title match. Technically, because it was defended in the... Um, well, I had the two first matches, but there's actually a champion defending the title. Yeah. So it was the first time. So the, the longest ever <laughs> Universal Champion will defend his belt for the first time against Seth Rollins, who... Clearly, they pushed his uh, face turn into overdrive on Monday. Uh, they, they went, they, they went kind of hard. <laughs> well, he's in the passenger seat. There's no seatbelt yet. He's not in drive, but he's in the passenger seat. Yeah, he is going to be a baby face. He kind of already is. Um, one, how great is it to see Kevin Owens in a suit? $750. <laughs> Love to see him in a suit. It's great. Uh, and actually, even before we get into that, and maybe, do you think, because I. Something, I love Mick Foley more, as much, if not more, than anybody. Okay. And I love that he's part of the show again. Sure. Do you agree that he it has been too much a part of the show? Like, he's on TV too much. Yeah, I say in a way. I mean, it's, it's kind of making it almost personal to Mick, and you're forgetting some of the story. Uh, he's not getting any respect, and he's talking about, you know, no one wants to listen to him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna, so, I mean, maybe it's a little too much in there. I could agree with that. Yeah. How about you, Alo? Do you think... I, like, I feel like they're misusing him. Like, they're putting too much on him right now. Well, I mentioned this a few weeks ago when this whole situation started after Kevin Owens won the Universal title. I think Foley's a part of this because the show has been mostly about him. He's talking about his authority and he's making matches. He's, he's going over Stephanie to do these things. And he's... And it's more about him than other superstars. So I, 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 met, I mentioned that he did it again. He did it again on, on Monday night. So I think this is setting up for Foley to possibly screw Steph out of this title. Because no matter what, you're going to see Triple H in, what, in no matter shape or form. Now, Triple H, like, you can't do the same thing to Seth because that doesn't build more sympathy. You have to do something new to give him more sympathy. Like you said, right. he's a, almost a clear bait face. I said he's in the passenger seat. Well, he's in the driver's seat, but he, don't have to, he doesn't have the seatbelt on yet. He it is not in drive. Because you have to do something else to get more sympathy for this guy. And I think that... The seeds were planted for something to happen between Foley and him. Maybe also Stephanie, because when he went, even when he went to Stephanie's office, say, Steph, I knew you knew about this. And he basically belittling Stephanie. And yeah. Stephanie, who was excellent, going right back at Seth. Right. Maybe Hunter was, you lost the title to Dean. You, lo- you lost, a, lost to Finn Balor. Maybe Triple H was right. And I do endorse Kevin Owens to be the Universal Champion. Yeah. And unlike before, Seth's now a babyface, so he's just not going to take that from Steph. So he actually talked back to Stephanie. Yeah. But I think, even though Triple H is my best friend, <laughs> I think Foley somehow, some way, cost him the match to build up more sympathy for Seth Rollins to complete the baby well, turn. Jericho's my best friend, and I have to agree with him. <laughs> I, I have to agree with him and his clipboard. There's a lot of things wrong with Foley right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Cheap baby face pops. <laughs> <laughs> I agree that they're turning this Foley thing into a story. I just think he doesn't need to be on the show as much for them to do it. Like I feel like they're just putting too much pressure on him to carry too much of the show. Um, well, I think a lot of it this week was uh, also some shameless pushing for Holy Foley. Holy Foley. <laughs> Have you watched that show? No. Good. I'm t- I don't want Have no you? more plot. No. <laughs> I don't want to watch it except for I want to watch his daughter. I don't. I don't want to hear her talk. <laughs> she doesn't have a seductive voice like me. No. Barry well, who, who Barry has exactly. Barry had the who does have the smooth, seductive tones of Alo? Not, not many Harris. people. And no. no. I just feel like you. I want to leap across the table and make out with you sometimes. I can't help it. I think you're just talking about wrestling, and I just... Uh, so, I guess, do you feel like they've built this championship match well? Not Seth really. And, Seth and Owens? Not really. 
No, how about you? You feel like we've gotten a decent build to it? I think it's shined at times because remember last week, Joey Joey left after Joey left. We got into the Universal Title <clears throat> picture, and when Owens just destroyed Seth, that yeah. was great. It had a great start with Triple H costing Seth Rollins the title. So amazing. The, the build, the thing, mm-hmm. the, there have been things that were there, but last night didn't really progress anything because Seth and Owens didn't really interact. It was yeah. mainly Owens came out and opened a segment with Roman Reigns, and then Seth just walked out. So say it's kind of muddled because you have Roman Reigns in the middle, and then you yeah. have Rusev in there. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, like they, what's going on. And, yeah. they, and the, the the opponents were like flipped. Yeah, yeah. So, and, so and then they're pushing Seth Rollins' fa- baby face. So you don't really know what's going on there. There's yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff thrown at the wall. So that was the one thing that did get pushed forward was that they definitely pushed Seth. They, they got him the the big pop for jumping onto Rusev off the announce table. They got him the bigger pop for jumping off the top of the cage onto Rusev. And, and then the show went um, up air. Yeah, which was stupid. But he came down to save. Roman. Yeah, but they didn't do anything with that. So the show ends with all four guys on the floor. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. They didn't. They didn't show anybody on top. I guess. No. I guess you're supposed to maybe think Seth was on top because he was the last one to do something. But that being said, Alo, what's your prediction for this match? Do we have a new Universal Champion or no? No, Kevin Owens retains somehow. Triple H will be there, but in order, like I said, if Triple H just does the same thing, I'm, I'm going to be upset. I'm, I'll, I'll clearly come on the show and show a yell because that doesn't build yeah. any, any more sympathy for Seth. I think Mick gets involved somehow, some way, and maybe Stephanie as well, and they screw Seth out the title to complete his babyface turn. So I'm going with Kevin Owens. How about you, Joey? I think Kevin Owens is going to retain it. I mean, for the right, a lot of reasons he just said, but I also think right now that's where they, they want the title. Kevin Owens kind of fell into this with Finn Balor's injury, and I think he'll get a little title run. It's a good guy to carry. But yeah. Kevin Owens has been excellent. <clears throat> Do you exactly. think there's any chance that Triple H tries to screw Roman and fails? Roman? Uh, I'm sorry, Seth, and fails. No, I'm because... I'm so used to him screwing <laughs> over Roman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so because Foley or Stephanie will be, will be a part of this. Okay. Because there's part of me that almost thinks they want to put that belt on Seth, but I think I... And I also don't want to just... Be, be across the board, but I do think Kevin Owens retains it. And one of the reasons... Kevin Owens' time. Yeah, one of the reasons I want him to retain it is because I really want him to have a feud with Jericho over the title. Yes. And he can't have a feud with Jericho over the title if he does not have the title. Yes. But they're good friends. I don't know if that would happen. (laughs) Yeah, he's Jericho's best friend. They're like brothers. Well, I'm kind of glad... Well, I'm glad that Kevin Owens got this run because you're actually seeing what this guy can do because he's been been great. He has been. And like I said, the promo he cut on... Seth last week, like he just absolutely roasted Seth, and to the point where like Seth almost didn't have like a comeback. Nothing. It was just like, oh yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> you make a solid point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, U.S. title. Obviously, we had the cage match between Roman and Owens. Uh, Roman won. Roman facing Rusev for the U.S. title. Do you think there's any chance, Joe, that we have a new U.S. champion? Come I think Sunday? there's a really solid chance we have a new U.S. champion. I think. Uh, Ruse had his run, and <laughs> Roman. They've been pushing this for a while now, and I think it's it's about time we're gonna see Roman carry that title for a little bit. Okay, how about you, Aaron? I'm not sure because they didn't do anything last night. Roman right. just Roman opens the show. He just hit him with. He just put him in the accolade before. Yeah, but I'm saying, yeah, but Roman just opens the show, and then Stephanie and Mick come right out, and Roman really didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So that built nothing. You didn't even have them really interact. Russo just goes backstage and and yells at um. At Foley, and plug the uh, the Edge movie. Yeah, the straight. Are you, are you gonna buy it? No. <laughs> so, so the new will. 
Lana's. How you ruined Lana's movie? Put her in. Lana scraped the DVD. <laughs> no, but they didn't do anything to build the match. It was it was just Seth, Seth and Rusev, and at the end they had the cage thing, but you didn't really hear anything out of anybody's mouth in that situation. I I I'm more leaning towards Rusev. Because I still think you could make something out of Rusev by having him beat Roman Reigns clean in the middle of the ring. But this is—they love Roman Reigns. I mean, they still love him, and they're gonna p- push him to their title eventually. It's not gonna be the the Universal title, so I think this is where, it's, where he's gonna be. The thing I find funny is they're, they're supposed to be so called punishing him, but he hasn't left the main event. <laughs> yeah. Overall. Right. No, he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the main event every week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 50-50 on this because I could see reasons to do both. And I always thought it would be good for Rusev, Roman fighting against the Russian guy that the American fans want to boo against will help him possibly get more love from the fans. And if he can have a nice run with the U.S. title, like John, much like John Cena did, some of those fans, like I know you and I, when we started doing this show, we were no big fans of John Cena. But I think over the course of time, he won us over by how hard he worked. And like I think we ultimately respected how good he is. And his run with the U.S. title was a big part of that. So Roman could do the same thing. But I'm like, I'm trying to like picture it, and I just I don't see the U.S. title on Roman. So he might win, but I think I'm just going to pick Rusev just because I don't, I don't picture it. And the... Whenever Joey picks against the group, he seems to always end up being right. So, well, he did pick Zach Ryder. I know. <laughs> to much, to much acclaim, the, the only person on any wrestling podcast in America and around the world to pick Zach Ryder. <laughs> I got Crystal Ball, man. Yeah, uh, the women's division. We mentioned last week on the show how all four shoulders were down, and they didn't make a thing out of it. But then they made a thing out of it on Raw. Halo, how do you feel about that? That they waited a week. Well, I didn't think it was a thing because the commentary didn't mention. Didn't say anything. Said nobody, right. nobody even brought it to anybody's attention. So I was like, okay, maybe it's just a botch. But Dana Brooke played her role very the only way. She she's a good screw up. I'll, I'll give her that. <laughs> that's the one. That's one of the things she's done well. Is be a perfect screw up, and Charlotte just hated her every time. Yeah. But I could, I would have waited on a triple threat match personally, but because it gives you, it gives you more to do down the road. But I don't, but I don't mind seeing it. But I would have held it off personally. But in this situation, Sasha, her mannerisms are like okay. Like her and Bailey are best friends, but she's like okay, it's about the title. Because even backstage, you they were buddy buddy. But when he got into the ring, Bailey was was smiling, mm-hmm. trying to do a Bailey stuff. Sa- Sasha was all business. Even when they lost the match, Sasha was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, she looked right right, right down to Bailey. Like, like what happened? Because this is. Becoming serious for Sasha because she wants her title back, and Bailey's Bailey's a part of the re- part. Bailey's in her way as well. So in this situation, it's hard. To, it's hard to think because I thought we might have got Emma on Raw because I know she's clear and, yeah. and I know she's she worked a lot of events last last weekend. But I think the match. I think the build has been okay, and I think Charlotte retains in the situation. Do you think there's a chance that Bailey has been the best thing to happen to Sasha because now she doesn't have to be the uh, lovable baby yes. face? <laughs> yes, because like, we, but as beloved as Sasha is, she's one of those people that you will love as a heel mm-hmm. because you're restricted. Because when you're, when you're a baby face, you have to do everything perfect. You have to do everything for everybody to like you. Yeah. And when we fell in love with Sasha, she was a heel. Like you mm-hmm. say all the time, you, you fell in love with her at um, 
go home show for our evolution yeah. when she had to do like a boss shirt yeah. he's like that, who's that she's awesome she's great yeah <laughs> yeah. He, I'm going to watch this take I've never watched NXT before this second but I'm going to watch that takeover because I need to see that match yeah so everything's set up for Sasha to to turn here like the seeds of, the seeds of being planted and Bailey coming up is an important thing because now she's going to be, be the baby face. Everybody's yeah. going to love Bailey and nobody's going to cheer against Bailey, no matter how beloved Sasha is. So in this match, I think Charlotte wins, and next month Bailey will probably win the title at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. So Joseph, your your thoughts? What he said. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's. I still think it's a little early to go the triple threat. Um, one thing I had a question with, and it's kind of off topic a little bit, but mm-hmm. when, when did Dana Brooke become friends with Charlotte again so I thought she like turned on her and was like but kind she's of going the, that direction Charlotte's now, her mentor now they're best friends again <laughs> yeah Charlotte seems to keep turning on her and then she always ends up yeah back but they forget about Charlotte. it like one week later yeah. I mean there's no real... yeah she turns on her so and then they're back together bad storytelling I, I don't know <laughs> but yeah it's, it's a little early ago triple threat but like he said I think it could be setting up Sasha to kind of screw over Bailey and Bailey's gonna be rolling with that face for, for you know the new face. Well, for, yeah, she the, can't. She can't not be a baby face. I don't no, know if there's yeah. any way for her to do it. I mean, what's the opposite of hugs? Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Stra- kidney kicks? strangling. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Stomping on people's feet. HLA. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> oh god. I, I don't know. Thank God it. Eric Bischoff <laughs> is not involved in this. But um, it's still, it's still, you know, it's gonna be a good match, and these three are gonna probably be around for a while now. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah. What's I, can, up there? I can see a scenario where Sasha possibly has the match won and Bailey interrupts that situation and then Bailey probably Bailey might lose. Mm-hmm. Get, Bailey might be the one to get pinned or, or set Sasha to be to get pinned. Yeah. Because I think because you well, have that's kind of what you did last week. That's kind of what happened last week, right? Um, I can sort of see Sasha interfering with Bailey in a way. Somewhat. Um, somewhat. So, um, Bailey had. Or was it Sasha? Well, I can't what? remember. It, I can't it was remember. a it was a lot going on at the finish of that match. Yeah, yeah. The ro- well, Sasha rolled up Bailey, and I think the situation would be what, you have to build tension between those two. So I think Sasha's going to have to probably have the match won, and Bailey does, does something to interrupt it, and then Charlotte would take would take the pin. I was thinking the other way around, like. Sasha might sort of do something to kind of screw over Bailey. Yeah, one get, get that get that heat. Yeah, one of these things have to happen to build tension between the two because they've been built as best friends. Yeah. So you think Charlotte's going to win? Joe, who do you think is going to win? I think Charlotte retains. I think Charlotte retains as well, but I'm not, again, another match I'm not sold on. I, I like that none of these matches do I really know for sure. That's a good thing. What's gonna going to happen. It is a good you're thing. You're not knowing which direction they're really going. Now, either of you guys, and you could just say 100% you think Charlotte's going to win. If she doesn't, who do you think is more likely to win the title, Bailey or, or Sasha? Bailey. I think you? it's more uh, Sasha. More likely, Charlotte or Sasha. I don't. I don't think Bailey's gonna be come away with the title yet. Yeah, I feel. I feel pretty confident it's gonna be Charlotte. I really don't know of the other two because I mean there's a case to be made for either one. Like either one winning could lead to a, a good story. Um, tag team division, yeah. which is not white. The opposite of white hot right now. Yeah. Uh, did do you just want to go predictions and not even talk I, about I, it? What, what is this? <laughs> What, 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 uh. you, didn't, you didn't like the ten man tag? That was a hot pop. Are we talking about Jericho and Zayn with this? Well, well, we'll we'll get to that. Okay, but I don't I don't care about this. I just want this to be over. This New Day thing, Enzo and Cass. I want it all to be over. Just put Enzo and Cass against New Day Ray. <laughs> I don't know what they're waiting for. Just get just get it get it over with. You had no reason to break up the club because Gallows and Anderson they've been horrible. Yeah. Tag title match. 
club versus a New Day. <laughs> New Day, please win. I, I, I don't want to see gals <laughs> for those belts. Joe, you have any any feelings on the tag team division, or are you just kind of want to get to the prediction? It's too? a mess. It's I, I what, what can I say? I don't even. Jeez, that's another thing. It's just like all over the place and confusing, and I don't even know what they're doing. Like I, I think Allo Gallows and Anderson could be a good if they used them correctly, but they're kind of just misusing them in there. I yeah. mean, they're not making them a quality heel. I don't know if they're trying to make jokes or or be a, a heel tag team. Well, they're or they're what. funny guys. No it's just the fact that they're not using them properly. The only time they've at been all. good is when they beat people up yeah. at all, and they should just keep them going that direction and stop teeter tottering between both sides and making them look foolish. Mm-hmm. They were a lot better when they beat up John Cena. Yeah. yeah. What do you want to do today? <laughs> Beat up John Cena. <laughs> so, Joe, who do you think wins? New Day or Gallows and Anderson? Unfortunately, I think it's uh, New Day. I kind of want to see a change here, but I don't think it's coming. Alo? New Day. New Day. I'll go with the New Day, too. I would have been saying Gallows and Anderson because I kept expecting them to win it, but at this point, like, they just killed them. Like, there's, there's no reason to give them those belts yeah, now. They Nobody did, cares about They did the doctor's thing, and then the old day thing wasn't good. It, if you look back at Taxi Division this year, it hasn't been good. No. They haven't used them right since they first came in, Gallows and Anderson. And when, when they first came down, and they were losing every match they were in, and they didn't look like a formidable team. They looked good the first night when they beat up the Usos. That's it. Yeah. But Taxi Division hasn't been good. No. At least the raw one. So what led us into the 10-man tag match was Jericho reciting his list of Jericho, all of <laughs> so his grievances against uh, GM McFoley, which started backstage with his best friend Kevin Owens. They got together and they, they, they formulated a plan. Yeah, they did. Uh, Jericho not happy with McFoley. He knows McFoley always had it out for him, even though McFoley says he's the one who uh, who got him in with Paul Heyman. <laughs> Jericho, do you remember what any of Jericho's list was, Alo? Yeah. Steals catchphrases. <laughs> cheap uses pop. cheap baby face pops. <laughs> you know, you're all going on the list. <laughs> I have I said it last week, I will say it again. I really think I may need to work rework my Mount Rushmore because of how good Chris Jericho has been this year. It's amazing. Like his matches, they they haven't been up the par, but him as a character's been awesome. And that's the thing. He, he's like the rare case where it like his it's not even the matches really don't matter. He's just so entertaining. <laughs> you want to see him. Everything he does is great. Even when he said, you know, Foley's not gonna like and him and Owens pointing at each other at the same time. It. <laughs> like I love that Owens is even like getting in on it now. But his matches aren't Braun Strowman awful. They're they're Yeah. Okay, they're not like no, they're they're good matches. They're just, they're not like what he was doing I mean, in two thousand two. And, and you'll get good work out of Sami Zayn, so it would be a quality match. Yeah, were they supposed to have a guest, a yeah. surprise guest yeah, that never and, happened? And it didn't happen. <laughs> it was weird. It was advertised and it just didn't happen. Yeah, I was excited for this feud because last week was awesome. Yeah, that was Sami Zayn's best promo mm-hmm. on the WWE roster, and Jericho was was excellent mm-hmm. laying on the floor. I got to get down to Sami Zayn. That was awesome. I was looking forward to this, and then they 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 they. they 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 clustered just like slapped it together. Yeah, slapped it together stuff. just to give the cruiserweights time. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Jer- I-, I love that you also can tell that Owens is Owens doesn't care about Jericho. Yeah. Like he, you can see in his mannerisms, like, okay, this guy is on my side. He's helping me, and I'll yeah. keep him around just because of that. Not Other like, oh, like-, I, like I don't like you as much as you like me. 
And Jericho, you almost feel like he genuinely thinks like I have a best friend. <laughs> he's, like, he's like the Stifler, you know, your friend. Yeah. The, he's like the, you, you can use him and get get what you want out of him. Yeah. You're not really friends with him. Right. Uh, I would love to see Jericho get that Universal Title feud with Owens. I think it would be great. I I hope it happens, and if it does, like I can't wait to see it. Uh, Cesaro. We give our picks. Oh, yeah, what's the pick? I'm sorry, I forgot about that part of it. <laughs> uh, as much as I think Sami Zayn would need it, I think Jericho wins. How about you? I'm going uh, Sami Zayn. My Sammy. instinct was to say Sami Zayn, because to me it's like, well, it makes sense. He's the younger guy, he hasn't gotten to do much. Makes sense to give him a high-profile win. But, again, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have a lot of history. If Sami Zayn beats Kevin Owens' best friend, Chris Jericho, to me that leads right to another Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens program, which I don't think they need to do yet. And if Jericho wins, that may put him on the trajectory to that title shot that I am clamoring for. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Jericho, not confident in it, but that's that's the direction I'm going. Cause I'm I think very that's... shaky in all your picks today. You're yeah. kind of on the fence. I am. Like I said, I, I didn't retain anything. Jump on one happen. side or the other. Will you see oh, this no. side of the fence? Will you see this side of the fence? Pick one side. If you I retained, <laughs> if I retained information from this week's RAW, would they have left me any clues for who was going to win these matches? No. No. Okay. Okay. So it's that. Can't chalk it up to that. No. no. Maybe we should start keeping track of our picks, you know, so we can have kind of record. So when yeah. I go out on the limb, I'm the only one picking on one side. Yeah. I think. I think at this point. Brains. I think at this point. Them. When we hit one year, we'll start the first episode of year two with keeping track of everything. Yeah. At this point, it doesn't make a lot of sense to do it. Of course, it. you'll watch out my tremendous picks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nothing, nothing top Zack Ryder. Nothing. No. <laughs> I, I'm the one who put you over for making the, for making the great <laughs> oh, solo picks. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus finally getting to that seventh match, three three. I think it was a big mistake having Sheamus go up three zero. Because in real in real sports, it's cool to see a team come back down from 3-0 and win a series. In wrestling, it's not exciting because you knew that the comeback was coming. <laughs> so, like, I was not on the edge of my seat. He was down 3-0, and I knew, okay, he's going to win the next three. But this is like a best out of 11. Cesaro been twice before that. Kind of feels yeah. like it. Yeah, you're right. It really but, is, though. It is. Uh... All the matches, I think, have been good in, the, in their own way. Or is it best of nine? Best of nine. Okay. <laughs> the, the match was good last night or on Monday night. Can't really have a best of nine, but <laughs> I'm nitpicking. Yeah, a couple nitpicks. I'm a, I I think Cesaro wins. I don't see any reason for him not to. I don't have a whole lot to say about the whole thing. So, Joey, who do you think? About the match or about what happens? Either either one. Both. Well, I mean, the, the matches have been getting progressively better, which is surprising. I, I thought after the first one I'd be bored, but I've been entertained. I've been watching it and into it. Um, that being said, I've seen enough of the big jar of mayo. Hmm. And I think uh, Zazara wins. Complete the comeback. 4-3. Yeah. How about you, Alo? I'm glad it's over. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'll go with Cesaro. Are you also glad that this wasn't done on a pay-per-view every month for seven months? What was that? Are you yeah. glad that this wasn't put on a pay-per-view yes. every month hell, for seven months? Hell glad. <laughs> so wait, who did you project? Cesaro. So we're a clean sweep on that. Um, you mentioned a little bit ago that they had to make time for the debuting cruiserweights. 
cruiserweight division is now back on Raw, which is good. It's great. As long as it doesn't become the uh, TNA version. Well, <laughs> it was good to see TJ Perkins on the show. Yeah, I was just about to bring that he up. He was on I the show? Like... He wasn't! <laughs> just in the, in, the, in the vignette. He was on the Raw pre-show. Like, no, now, nobody watches that. One thing that I think is... I think the champions are... They don't always need to be a huge part of the show. Because sometimes, if they're the biggest part of the show every week... It can get a little stale. So if, if you make it where like you look forward to seeing them more, that's good. But this is the first time exactly. they show he them on just, TV. He just won the Cruiserweight Classic, uh, what, less than a week before. You would have to assume a good chunk of the audience did not watch the Cruiserweight Classic. So why not introduce this new division with the guy who is... Yeah, with the title. Theoretically, the top guy in the, the division. The celebration. You don't have him there. He didn't need to be in the ring with them. I mean, you could have just had him sitting... Ringside. In the crowd, ringside, and they could have shown a, a thing of him like they do at like a UFC event. Yeah, or you put him on commentary with yeah. the belt. Yeah, either way. You should um, show him with the belt. You want to have that little celebration and people know that the Cruiserweight champion is... Yeah, or you could have had him in the ring with Foley and then the other guys came out. You could have had him do an interview backstage, anything, but he should have been a part of the show. Well, the segment, because he was on the pre-show, yeah. but they don't show him on Raw. Right. right. on my list. Um, but I thought the match was fun. Yeah. They got a lot really of time. Fun. It was really good. They got a lot of time. The one thing is, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not sure if this was just me not paying enough attention or overanalyzing. I didn't feel like the crowd reaction was there for any of these guys. Not initially, but they they did get they, a they built awesome. yeah they yeah. built it they built to it with obviously the work because the work they did was yeah. great. But like coming out, there was no reaction to any of no, the because, guys. No, because no, because you because this thing with WWE, you have to assume that these people don't watch the network because this is extra. This, that stuff on the network is extra bonus content. So you kind of have to reintroduce reintroduce these guys, and that's what I'm saying. Where's TJ Perkins? Where's your, where's your cruiserweight champion at? That's why I think it was a mistake for them to when they announced the cruiserweight division and who was coming. They uh, it was always a a video package with all of the guys in there. I feel like they should have used that time to do vignettes for each individual guy. Sort of like they did it in the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Yeah, just like introduce one guy every week who you're going to bring on to Raw. So that way the crowd at least may have an idea of who each guy was. Yeah, or I talked about this when the draft happened. Why don't you? Ha- why does Why didn't Raw have all the so-called cruiserweights at the time? Like they have Neville, they didn't take Kalisto, but they have Sin Cara. Have those guys be be somewhat the stepping stone in your division. So when you bring in these these guys slowly but surely, they could actually beat these guys. Like, okay, this guy just beat Neville. Right. But they didn't. But they didn't do that. No, they did not. Did you like? Well, Joey, did you like uh, Brian Ken- the Brian Kendrick? Being the winner of the Fatal 4-Way to get the I, first actually, title I did, shot. Actually, I did. I was kind of disappointed um, and upset uh, when he lost the Cruiserweight Classic because, you know, Daniel Bryan was all, all his best friend and everything like that, and they started crying afterwards. And mm-hmm. I was into that, so it was good to see Daniel Bryan back, completing his seven-year journey and getting back into that title. Yeah. How about you? Did, did you agree with the decision to have Bryan Kendrick? Yes, because right away... Brian Kendrick's the most established guy there. They kept putting over that he was the second long. Well, mm-hmm. now he is one the second longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history, and he has the longevity. He's been in the company, and the fact that he's a, he's actually a big name. So they actually have his story is 
he's a 37 year old veteran. This is possibly his last chance. So he'll do anything to win. Yeah. So him putting him against TJ Perkins, and TJ, when TJ Perkins wins, that legitimize TJ Perkins. I still think he should have been on Raw, but he wasn't. Yeah. Now I like the branding of the Cruiserweight division. You know they they turn the they turn everything purple. Yep. They, the, on the Raw on the Raw. Yeah. The LED Cruiserweight. boards were great. The, um, the, the lighting went purple. Everything mm-hmm. went purple. My problem with that is, it's like, so are you going to pigeonhole these guys to just cruiserweights? Because I think Cedric Alexander, I think Rich Swan, I think TJ Perkins, and even um, who else is it? Who else was it? Did I say Rich Swan? He said Rich Swan. Yeah, he said Rich Swan. Cedric Alexander. Cedric Alexander. And TJ Perkins could, can be Grand destined. Grand Metalik. Yeah, and TJ Perkins, I think they could be destined for greater things. Now, see, Grand Metalik is but so much he could do because he doesn't speak clear English. Because mm-hmm. even they showed his promo, he, he just yeah. talked in Spanish. But I think th- I think those four guys can possibly become bigger than just just the cruiserweight division. And that's the same problem WCW had. They let these guys do anything else other than say, oh, go out there and do some flips. Right. So I can see Vince go out there, go, go, go out there and do that flip stuff. Go, Ow. go. I don't, go. I don't mind to go, go there flip. and have these matches. I don't want them to be just, just acrobats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to see some quality storylines. I like yeah. to see well, that some quality angles. what was good about the Cruiserweight Classic is yeah. that there were so many different styles introduced in every match. It wasn't just guys doing high-flying stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want that. I, yeah. I, I want to see some some stories. I yeah, want to see some diversity. I want to see some quality matches where people aren't just jumping around like acrobats. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah that's what I want. And that's the first match you're going to get is, is, is an actual story of Brian Cameron took having his second chance. So yeah. I like that. I just don't want these guys pigeonholed to just be in Cruiserweights because I think all these guys are awesome. Mm-hmm. And these guys could probably be upper mid-card guys. Yeah, I so here's, and both of you uh, tell me what you think about this. You know that I wanted all of the women's roster to be on Raw. For the reason being, Raw is seen as the A show. They have more time on the show. And there were not enough established women to do a bunch of stories for the women. And you see Raw, it's the same three women, four women, all the time. So they obviously didn't do that. I think the cruiserweights for maybe the first six months or so, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to pigeonhole them as cruiserweights because you have this group of whatever it is, seven or eight guys. You have this new belt. Make that belt matter with these guys you brought in. And then when these guys establish themselves and you bring in new cruiserweights, then you can kind of graduate to the rest of the show. Well, I yeah, thought, I'm fine with the pigeonholing for now, but like I said, I just want to see story behind it. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about down the road because you're another for the first two, three weeks, cruiserweight division will be good. Two months from now, we'll probably be like, what the hell are they doing? But they only brought out four cruiserweights last night on, mm-hmm. on well, Monday on Raw. Lintai Dorado didn't bring out, Gargano and Chumpha didn't bring out, and I can't is it, um, I, I don't it may be another guy I can't remember the top of my head, but they didn't bring them all out at one time. And then I don't know if Neville's going to be in there. I don't know if Sin Carl's going to be there. I don't know if somehow Royal get Kalisa because who knows what these so-called contracts are firing. They just show there. up one day. And yeah, like, show, yeah, show but here it is. It's, it's all about over the long haul. I know, I know, not right away, but I'm talking about down the road. I think some of these guys can actually be bigger than what they. They can, yeah. They'll yeah, be proven. I, I think with the introduction of. I think with Daniel Bryan being a perfect example, he was never a guy that they wanted to be the biggest star in the company. And he made it to where they had no choice but to allow him to be that because he was. And then you have a guy like Finn Balor in NXT who becomes the biggest attraction for NXT. And now you bring him to Raw and you make him the first Universal Champion. Didn't work out because he got injured, but he's a small guy. He's no bigger than these guys. So I think... 
that that culture is changing a little bit. And I don't think we have to worry as much about you're a cruiserweight now, you'll be a cruiserweight forever. I think if these guys show something to them, if they have good merchandise sales, if somebody catches on with the fans, I don't think they'll hesitate to make something more out of them. I just think, I just hope they give them the opportunity to show it, which is kind of what we're all saying. Yeah. So that being said, are we across the board? The Brian Kendrick is not going to win. T.J. Perkins retains. Yeah, yeah it's just a way to build up T.J. Perkins. Yeah. Who wasn't on Raw? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who should have been. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited, though, to, to see this match on the pay-per-view. I'm, I'm excited. Cur- and I'm curious where it's going to be placed. Yeah, I'm excited for the whole show. I, I wonder if the... I'm interested. I think they may open the show, maybe. Uh, that's what I was thinking, too. I'm thinking you might see another challenger to the title... At the end, after you celebrate and see someone bring someone, someone out. appear, should someone should appear like a new new face or name mm-hmm. that didn't have out on Monday night and wouldn't shock be a me. challenger to the title. Yeah, that definitely would not shock me. Uh, the last thing, and we don't need to get into this. Uh, Nia Jackson, Foxy on the pre-show, right? Yep. Nia. Uh, yeah, obviously Nia wins. Going to be a squash. Uh, that's all there is really to say about that. That's all I got to say about yeah. that. Anything else from Raw anybody wants to bring up? Do better. <laughs> not not a bad thing to bring up. It's a mess. Yes. So, Alo Alo said he thought SmackDown was better than Raw this week. Like you. Joe, do you agree with that? Definitely. All right. So, I do too. Uh, big story there is the the title picture between AJ Styles, your current WWE World Champion, the former champion Dean Ambrose and John Cena. Cena and Ambrose had a match in the main event last night. Before we get to that, I loved AJ's promo before that match. <laughs> so good. Like, he he really gets better every week. And his heel character is just so much fun to watch. Um, like, the the idea that, oh, I know, you know why we're having a triple threat match? Basically because it's the only way I can lose. Because somebody can win the title without having to actually beat me. Like, I love that. And I loved him saying, like, the champ will always be here. Talking about himself. I thought that was great. Um, kind of putting down someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, he, well, he has not let the Cena thing go yet. But Ambrose gets a clean win over Cena. Was that, is that kind of subside some of your concerns that you were, you were voicing la- last time? It does. Like, that completely alleviated the concerns. That's like my new favorite thing, watching what? John. Because John Cena does not know how to sell losing no. clean. That's my favorite, <laughs> that's my favorite thing. <laughs> that's the one skill he never learned. That's the one thing. He found the ring and didn't know what to do. I, I didn't laugh so hard. He can't sell cl- cl- clean laws. Were you surprised? Yes. I, I thought it was going to be a no finish. Because cause after the match, AJ came out, came out the crowd to the phenomenal forearm. I thought AJ would just interfere in the match and take out both guys. But a problem I had was, like, you didn't see none of these guys. You didn't see AJ Styles until 930 at, well, right. around 930, 945 in the show. You saw Ambrose earlier, but you didn't, they didn't build, really build to this match. It just kind of felt like a throwaway match when this is not really a throwaway, throwaway match. This is an important match. Yeah, very important. Were you surprised that Dean kicked out of an AA? I kind of felt that coming. I didn't think the match was going to end the way it did, but I kind of felt like Dean Ambrose was going to kick out of that. Um, I don't know, just something something I felt. Yeah, I was surprised by that. but And then even more surprised by the fact that Dean got the clear. I mean, it wasn't like a decisive, you know, like where he overpowered him into victory and he did the sunset flip and got the pin, but maybe, I was surprised. Maybe WWE's listening to the show. Like you said, you can't have Dean go into a pay-per-view for a title 
or coming into a you know challenge for the title and coming off a loss to John Cena. Yeah. So it's not good. Yeah. AJ comes down afterwards, takes out both guys. <clears throat> Daniel Bryan comes out and says that Dean will be granted a one-on-one rematch on SmackDown next week, which should be fun. Why? Why should it be fun? Or why? No. Why? Why not do it then? Because you have to remember, you have to stretch out these these shows now. But unless you, unless AJ and Dean are going to be involved in a traditional Survivor Series elimination match, that's your next match. Your next that's your next main event for your for the next pay per view. Because you have to stretch these things out now. You you, you have to put out content. Mm-hmm. I would, I thought this was this should stretch up to at least November. At the, at the Survivor Series, I'm thinking yeah, I'm just not... something to get viewers, something to get 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 Because after I think he's done with Dean, I think he goes to Orton. Yeah. Because that puts because that's a that's the next marquee name on the roster. Yeah. Maybe um, they're trying to avoid the burnout, like get you to watch SmackDown. Because if you're watching the pay per view Sunday, then you're watching Raw. You got to tune back in for SmackDown. Why? Because that a title could be match. it. We will put something to draw. The one thing I definitely give them credit for, though, is and this is a problem I typically seem to have is that you're announcing big matches on the actual show as opposed to saying beforehand what this match is and making people want to watch. Like, if I'm already watching the show, you don't have to sell me on a reason to watch. I'm already sitting down and watching it. And if I'm not watching the show and you're selling it on the show, I'm not watching it, so I don't know what you just tried to sell me. So that at least makes sense that they're billing it ahead of time. Um, Wait, one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Did you see Dean on Talking Smack? I did. Awesome. It was good. And... That is my favorite thing about that show. Is I feel. No, I did not. I feel bad that so many of these guys. Sandman hit me hard after the uh, <laughs> yeah. last match. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was basically talking about how yeah, I just beat John Cena. He, I'm just as good as him. He even talked about how why he why he hit him with dirty deeds last week because if I didn't do it, Cena would did it. Cena would did it to me too. He just thinks he can come in, and come in. Be a part timer yeah. and take out these take out guys. Come out whenever he wants to. Yeah, and yeah he said I've been the main for two years. I've been in the main event every night for the last two years. Stuff like that. Um, yeah, that. But that's what I like. I feel like a, some of these guys who are not young, they're not new, are so overly scripted, and it affects their performance. So I liked it on Talking Smack. They legitimately get to just go out there. And just say what they want to say. Yeah, and Dean's been awesome for yeah. the last few weeks. Even back to his, to his problems with Ziggler, he's been he's been great on the mm-hmm. mic. And he's, we're actually getting the edge out of Dean Ambrose. Not yeah. that typical joking. We got we got it for a couple weeks in the AJ stuff, but Dean's been all business, especially especially right yeah. now. And another thing I like about talking smack is it's basically an extra half hour of SmackDown. So it's, SmackDown basically becomes a two and a half hour show and compete com, competing against Raw's three hour show. But the the good thing to do with Talking Smack is they actually carry stuff over. It's just yeah. not filler. They carry stuff over and carries over a few that is mentioned on the show. Yeah, like sometimes what happens on Talking Smack actually then plays into the creative yeah. For, yeah. for the actual show. Definitely good for The Miz. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny you bring up The Miz because the only good reason segment? I watched... Yes. Yay! The only reason I brought up, or the only reason <laughs> I saw Talking Smack last night and wasn't in bed was because I had to write an article after the show ended. And I had no idea what I was going to write about. Until halfway through the show, when the I think I saw the Miz did his his promo with Daniel Bryan, where they talked about him renegotiating his contract and him basically saying I don't want to defend my title tonight, but that's the terms of your new contract. You have to, and him being pissed about it. Then what was his old contract? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea, but um, 
You know my feelings about Dolph Ziggler. I have to say about that. Okay. When that when he did that promo at the at Gorilla, I just started out laughing. He's like, you know, I've been in a rut lately, <laughs> and I just st- thought about you, and I laughed uh, so hard. But here's here's what I almost said before we recorded, and I saved it for the show. My article this week, which I don't know if you saw, because I think it got published a little bit late, was about how Dolph Ziggler made me a believer for one night. Really. I, he won me over by the end of that promo. I didn't realize it, I don't think. But the match was going on, and you know how much I've loved the Miz's work lately, and I don't want him to lose that Intercontinental title. But it was a great match that the two of them had. I had a feeling... Probably better than their pay-per-view match. Yeah, I had a feeling that he might win. And I legitimately, when he lost, was disappointed. Really shocked. And... It took me like a minute of being like, oh, but wait, like, The Miz just cheated. Like, it was a great heel way to win that match and keep his title. And I was like, but I was like, oh, my God, like, I turned into an actual mark for <laughs> for the last 25 minutes. Like, I I was openly, like, I wanted him to win. So was it Dolph or Miz that made you turn into a mark? No, because I, I, I didn't, like, I didn't necessarily turn on The Miz, I, but I was like, I kind of think I You're want this pulling, guy to win this title. Pulling for Dom. Yeah, like it, all, something like, about it, like I just bought into it and I was like, I want him to win this title. You wanted him to tune up the band. Now, part of it, a small part of it in the back of my mind, my mind might have been because there was something I wanted you to say if he did win the Intercontinental Championship last night. Well, The Miz retained. I can still say it. You can say yeah. it, and that's what I'm trying to set you up for right now. <clears throat> and still, Oh God! Say one more time. (laughs) You turn around. I know because it's it really it's it's shockingly it's a shockingly good Fink impersonation that it surprises me how good it is every time I hear it. I hadn't heard it in a couple months, and when you did it last week, I was like, I was like, oh my God! I forgot how good that was, and like that was that was what I was hearing in my head all day. Which was Him every time that, I thought about it. Version of that. Yeah. <laughs> Thinks a better Brie Bella. You, you got the you got the cadence down perfectly. Like it, it's such a good impression. I, I think I may try to set you up for it once. Every week. <laughs> once per show. I think I, I might put Greg Hamilton out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll I'll write a letter of recommendation for you for yeah. that. Um, but no, I thought it was a great match. I actually like legitimately bought into it and. And then you saw Ziggler did his interview. I don't know if you saw it on WWE.com no. after. No, 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 that's what a good stuff yeah. is. Well, he, he didn't very say defeated. anything. They asked him a question. He just he stood there like quiet and then just walked away. But, like he had nothing to say. I think it's still. I think this is still a thing because he still got screwed. But the Miz, that was a great yeah. heel move. He looked like he his did. favorite dog died. Yeah, and, and it was like it wasn't even like he just did it. There was like a whole setup to it. Him yeah, grabbing I, the yeah. belt. I like how they changed it around. A little bit. Yeah, it wasn't just Reese doing it again. It was Miz outside the ring, and I didn't even know he had. And they showed me right. yeah. around the spray. And I was like, whoa. No, I, I swear have to give them. I have to give them a lot of credit because, like I said, at 37 years of age, it is not often I'm actually rooting for somebody. The last time I think I was rooting for anybody was at WrestleMania when I was rooting for Sasha to win the women's title. Oh, AJ at SummerSlam. Okay, that was the last. I forgot about that. I was definitely rooting for AJ to win. Um, but it doesn't happen often. But that was even a thing where it wasn't even so much I'm rooting for AJ. It was like you have to put the title on this guy. <laughs> This was like I actually was like rooting for him as if I was watching like as if the match was real. Now is Doc gonna get another title shot? You think? Out of I think it's still a thing. Yeah, because he because he still he got cheated. He got cheated, and I don't. At one point, I thought he was gonna lose. I don't know if you saw his Facebook Live interview, mm-hmm. 
But basically, it was before he got his quote unquote new contract. Yeah. He was saying, if I can't get a new contract, trade me to Raw. Ah, uh, I did see that. So my thing, I was thinking, I was like, huh? So if he loses the title, because remember when they got drafted, only reason Brian drafted. Yeah, it was only he drafted the title. Yeah, he drafted only for the title. So he could just be like, oh, you want the title? I can just trade you. Mm-hmm. And, tra- and tra- tra- trade him to Raw for Cesaro or Sami Zayn. That's what I thought. Yeah. Sami Zayn. But he, has a new, but he has a new contract, so yeah. it's like, I guess that's not a thing. Right. It is It is not a thing. Uh, but I, I need Miz on the show right now, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to see Miz leave SmackDown. He's been awesome. He has been. He's been really good. Like, great heel. And, uh, yeah, but I just wanted to voice my appreciation for that match for both of those guys because, like I said, it's not often like I buy into it the way I used to before I knew what was actually going on. So now I don't know. Am I the only one out of the three of us that was that invested in this? I was invested too, because right, because right after, like when when Aston Maurice got ejected, and then Ziggler, he was he was he came close. Come time he hit the hit the zigzag. I probably like, oh, is he actually going to win this? So many good false finishes. Uh, I mean, they did a hell of a job. Yeah, it was definitely in there. Like I said, I was better than their pay per view match. I mean, their pay per view match wasn't bad at all, but this match was far better. I think. More engaging, more you know, twists and turns. I I enjoyed the match. Yeah, they gave him almost twenty minutes. Yeah, because nowadays heels are beloved, and it's not very often you get you have a heel and you really like legit want him to lose. And I don't want Miz, Miz, Miz to lose the Intercontinental Title just for this just for that reason because right. people really want him to lose. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's very rare that you get that. Like usually when the fans want somebody to lose, it's because they're a top babyface that people don't want to be the top, <laughs> like Roman Reigns or yeah. John Cena. Uh, so uh, yeah, awesome, awesome match, awesome interviews from both guys, and I even remember being disappointed that this was still going on after uh, backlash. Like, why is why is this still happening? But so now, he's the only face. Yeah, but now I'm I'm glad that it is. And like I said, I, he made me a believer for for at least one night. I don't know if I'll feel the same way on Tuesday, but it's there's a chance now, which there was. Might be burned out. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Uh, the women. Uh, Ayla, how do you feel about the women on Raw right now? On Raw or SmackDown? Oh, SmackDown, I'm sorry. Awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Raw needs to take notes. Because <laughs> they're still fitting all the women on the show. And they're actually... And, uh, Alexa and Becky, awesome. Because Alexa and Becky, they're, they're two best mic workers. Alexa was great. Becky was great. I'm excited for that match. I love Alexa Bliss. I love Alexa Bliss. I love Becky Lynch. That match is going to be awesome. I'm already excited. I was excited for it already, and I'm more excited now because that contract signing was awesome. Alexa just hitting B- Becky with the clip with the yeah. boulder and throwing a tail on her. That was great. And Becky chasing her down. And then you saw you did say you saw Tucker Smack. So mm-hmm. we know why Carmella attacked Nikki Bella. Yeah. Because Carmella was making her smack her pay per view debut in her hometown, and every, and everybody was more excited to see Nikki Bella than her. Right. So. Almost a month later, we get we finally know why Carmella attacked her. And Mystery's over. Yeah, <laughs> solved. Yeah, case I, closed. Yeah, because 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 backstage. What I got away for her too was it for you meddling kids. <laughs> nice little Scooby Doo reference there. <laughs> because bef- because on SmackDown, Nikki Nikki and Naomi got a promo and Nikki breaks Kate Baby because Naomi Trinity. <laughs> but did you catch that? <laughs> So, I had it written down because uh, yeah, thanks Trin. I was like, yeah. Uh, how do you? Yeah, she won't. Get in, she won't get in trouble. No, <laughs> she won't get in trouble. So I was like, okay, where's Carmella? And they showed talking smack. I was like, okay, Carmella's fine. Car- Carmella's gonna finally talk. When Carmella jumped Nikki. I was like, this is awesome. Carmella's been great in her heel role. She's she's just dropped the smile and stuff. Yeah. And how awesome was when she ended her talking smack promo with Renee? Mm-hmm. When she said, 
I leave when I, I tell you when this interview is over. Yeah. Ask me another question. <laughs> so, so, so what are you, you going to do next? Interview's over. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it was great. It was definitely better than the get your popcorn and... Yeah. How you, how you doing? Yeah, no, I think that she... You can tell she's a little uncomfortable sometimes talking, like, off the cuff, but that's how these guys get better. Like, these people who are younger in the business, that's how they get better is by having to do it. Not You, don't, you can't hide them forever. You have to let them do it. Uh, Joey, women's division... You happy with what they're doing? You happy that now we actually have separate women's stories on SmackDown? Yeah, I mean we, we're having secondary stories here. We're not just having the, the main the main one, which is you know the Becky and um, Farton, Alexa, Alexa Bliss, which was a good you know contract signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the exchange they had a couple of times. I thought you know maybe Bliss was going to be over her head, but she wasn't. She shung tight. Yeah, and you got a secondary story building up Carmella Carmela as a heel. And you got Nikki Bella. And you even got other women in, getting involved in kind of in different stories. So I, I like what they're doing. They're they're they're, they're kind of far outseat outseating what Raw's doing right now. Uh, I agree with that. Um, how do you guys feel about? I believe this is the first time Naomi explained what feel the glow means. Yes. Do you, did you appreciate the explanation, or do you still not like it? I feel the glow. Do you do feel the glow <laughs> yeah. now? All right, good. How about you? I'm working on feeling the glow. All right. <laughs> I feel the glow. Uh, I always did. I think neon's Joey's color. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got to put it. Put a black light in here. <laughs> when we talk about women in glow, I'm, I'm thinking gorgeous ladies wrestling. So. Oh man, Alo, you you were you were not even a thought at the time when the gorgeous ladies of wrestling was on TV. You hadn't had your first juice box yet. Yeah, you were, you were not anywhere near a juice box or a Capri Sun or a nipple. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere near it. It was going to be a while before that happened. Um, I do like that Naomi's going to get to be a baby face because I feel like it suits her more. Definitely with her entrance, it suits her more. I do love the entrance. It's great. I mean, and coming in, she's gotten like different, slightly different ring gear every week, which I think is good. Um, but yeah, I love that we're getting now actual, they're actually just a part of the show. It's not like, okay, let's throw the women's segment in here. It's like, okay, we have multiple segments, multiple characters. <laughs> I assume we're going to get something with Natty and Naomi uh, yeah, at we'll some s- point. We'll see. If they're going to do three, I'll be like, I'll be, oh, my, oh my God, this is, <laughs> who's writing this show? That's the one thing SmackDown does. SmackDown does, does great storytelling. Yeah, did, did they hire Tina Fey to start writing the show? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy with where the women's division is on Raw, um, other than Nikki calling Naomi Trinity. Uh, tag division, I think the tag division is in much better hands than the Raw tag division right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, story By leaps and bounds. I, did you like the the Usos and... Well, I love the way... Alpha match? The Usos are going... I, I like the way they turn them. I, I like how they got a little more edge to them. I like how they're, they're they're pushing the boundaries there. They didn't just, you know... They stopped doing face paint. They changed their outfits. You, you could tell their heels now, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I like what they did there, and then you got American Alpha, which is a team you want to win, but they're giving you a reason. I mean, not even the clean wins; they're working in the injuries, so you you still know American Alpha is going to eventually right be up there. But now you can understand why they're losing because they're working the injuries. Yeah, they're just, the, the blue chippers together. Yeah, and, SmackDown. <laughs> there you go. But I I couldn't agree more. Like I, how many times have I said on the show how much I'm bored by the Usos, and now it's like okay. I like them being an aggressive heel team that's trying to hurt somebody. It makes them ten times more interesting. And because they can work, 
Like, they're two great guys for American Alpha to have matches with. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's a feud that I think is going to be great. They're going to be feuding for the title eventually. I think, yeah. I think the first time American Alpha wins the title is going to be off the Usos. I think so, too. So what are your feelings on the tag division on SmackDown right now, Halo? Great storytelling because they were, Gable came back from his injury, and he was he did a great job selling selling the injury during the match, by the way. And they they did great storytelling by, show, by having Gable want to tag in and Jordan saying, no, you can't go. Because he didn't want his couldn't stand. Yeah, he didn't want his partner to get hurt anymore. Because he knew his partner was hurt. Mm-hmm. So that was great storytelling, and it doesn't really take much away from American Alpha because Chad Gable was wrestling injured. And how great was Rhino in the Slater backstage? So great. Backstage is just hand, like he had the, the plate of crackers, and then he would just hand put over the che- put over the cracker, and Slater just put the cheese with. Yeah. Not even looking at, it, just pressing <laughs> the button. Just the Did you get the exchange between the Usos and um, Rhino and Slater later? He's like, I'm gonna smack those, I should smack those crackers out of your hands. Like, no, nobody not. touches my crackers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing that got him to perk yeah. up was defending his crackers. Rhino being the straight man is great. It is. He is a great straight man. Mm-hmm. But Usos, they don't need to talk. They, no, they, they don't. They don't because you could tell they didn't know what to say. They just it's like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, we gonna get we gonna get those tiles. You and your two yeah, seven yeah, 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 yeah. Like they don't they don't need to talk, but I think the Usos take the tiles from Slater and Rhino. How about Slater getting the Rhino chant over immediately? Right. No. <laughs> like I love that he got that over. And the first time he said it, people were like jumped right in. Slater very underrated. Maybe he's not underrated anymore. I feel like people have kind of jumped on with him now. He's but, the underdog kind. Yeah. But I agree that it's a short-lived title reign for for uh, Beauty and the Man Beast. And I think the Usos do win it off them, and then we probably go right into a program with Alpha and the Usos. Um, what's going on with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton? Where's Luke Harper? <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it'd be nice to, to see him again. Uh, I, I, we I, haven't I, seen him since he went out the the Philly show. Yeah. In a waste of a match. Yeah. Uh-huh. Kind of, kind of like disappointing match as it was, and he gets hurt, and I, I, I don't even know where he is. Yeah, how long does this last? Hopefully, just no mercy, and Orton wins and goes on to face AJ because that's that's how I see it. I almost feel like I'm not even sure how much Randy Orton cares about being there at this point. <laughs> I I don't know, just something about like I I felt like not a connection, but. I felt like he mattered leading up to the match with Brock Lesnar. You know, coming out and hitting the RKO, and then Brock coming back and getting one back. And it was like this big deal. And then he just gets smashed by yeah, Brock. I, those, the matches like that just don't do anything for anyone. Yeah. It, it, it really didn't, doesn't. It didn't make Brock any more over as what he is because he has been built as the biggest monster they've ever seen. Orton just got, like, cast aside. Then his match gets canceled at at Backlash. And then even that was I thought was awful. I don't know, I just feel like he's like just not into it. And I don't know if I don't know why. Maybe he's pissed that they were like, Why'd they let this dude elbow me in the head? Maybe he's legitimately still concussed. <laughs> yeah, could be. But I I have zero that's maybe the thing I'm least interested in. Well he has well right nobody's got any time that we like, that one match between him and Eric Rowan, that was nothing and Bray Wyatt cut a promo for what, thirty, forty five seconds? Yeah. And then it took you three minutes after to kind of dissect what he said? Yeah. I'll, I'll admit, I have no idea what he said. <laughs> like I said, and I, I like Bray, Bray Wyatt more than probably anybody else on this podcast. And I can't get invested in him right now because it just 
Like, what reason do I have to? That's I know of, he's just going to lose. It's kind of an issue with this feud. Why, why do you care about Bray? Because he always loses. Why do you care about Randy? Because he hasn't done anything relevant in the past, I don't know, how many months. Mm-hmm. You pushed him towards this Brock Lesnar match as, you know, he's finally in this matchup, <clears throat> and he just got squashed. Yeah. Uh, so that's SmackDown. If anybody's got anything else that they uh, wanted to mention from SmackDown. Keep it the good work. <laughs> All right. Two very uh, constructive <laughs> things to chime in there at the end of Do talking better. about each show. Yeah. Do better. <laughs> so NXT, Samoa Joe tries to act like he has learned from his mistakes, like he's showing respect to Shinsuke Nakamura, and then absolutely obliterates him and puts him in the hospital. The thing I think I liked most about this, one, Nakamura sold the crap out of it. And... I almost felt like it took something out of the crowd. Like, the, during the next match, I don't remember if it was Liv Morgan in the very next match, but, like, you could hear a pin drop. And it almost sounded like Tom Phillips made a comment about Nakamura during the match, and it was like Graves and Phillips were almost talking like they were, like, announcers, like, at a golf match, like that, like, whispered, <laughs> that, like, whispered tone. As if this was, like, really, like, a serious situation. And they sold it throughout the whole show. Yeah. So, to me, I mean, they, they pulled that storyline off great. Uh, I'm looking forward to that rematch because I think it's going to be a good match. It definitely will be. Um, and Two great workers, and, I mean, they could definitely build off the last match. Yeah, and Samoa Joe, like, that's like that's who he is. It's just like he's a, a wrecking crew. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy with that storyline. Um, not a whole lot really... Super exciting happened. Liv Morgan called out Asuka. Well, I, she's the first woman of this so-called new generation that actually got, actually got a chance to talk, and she was pretty good on the mic yeah, to me. Ten I times was better than I expected. I was impressed because I never ten heard her talk. Better? Mm-hmm. What did you expect? You probably had low expectations. I had very low. Yeah, expectations you, you would, as you would, talked. because she was a, she would she was, she was basically an enhancement talent for for all year all a year, and you never heard her talk. Like the only time, only other woman I, I've heard talk from this new new crop of women was Billy Kay. That wasn't even a promo. That was just a, a backstage thing yeah. with Regal. Billy and the K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Where's I, it, Billy? <laughs> I thought she was good. Uh, she looked like really confident on the microphone. Yeah, she did. I, I was surprised by that. It's and um, it's the next the new set of tapings. There's actually some women wrestling. I'm interested in seeing. Really? Because Payton Royce is on the tape, and then her and Billy Kay are are team again. Oh, nice. So I'm interested to see that. So. Is Liv Morgan's match with Asuka going to be as long as her promo was on NXT last week? Probably not. <laughs> what about you? It'll be longer than The Rock vs. Eric Rowan. <laughs> you think? Yeah. I guess I guess it'd be hard for it not to be. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Let's put it this way. This match will be ten times longer than you thought it was. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. So it'll probably be like five minutes. Yeah. We saw Drew Gulak... Debut on NXT, the Philadelphia wrestler from the Cruiserweight Classic. Thought he had a nice match against Hideo Itami. Uh, phys- I love how physical that guy is. Like, he's he almost, you wouldn't think he's a Cruiserweight. Yeah. Except for the fact that you saw him in the Cruiserweight Classic. Because he's like a very physical type Me. performer. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like that. I like watching him wrestle in the Cruiserweight Classic, so I'm glad to see him, you know, now he's on NXT. He has uh, time to work up, work his way up, you know. Trying to gain some momentum and eventually build himself to a demotion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> build his way right up to a demotion to the cruiserweight division on Raw. Um, can you see him being on Raw? No. He that, didn't do anything for me. And that's. Well, listen, to move up, 
he doesn't have to do a whole lot. He just has to be better than Apollo Cruz. <laughs> and you get a spot. And you get a spot. <laughs> personality? Yeah, and that's the part I, I was wondering about. Like I, because I thought his match was good, and I thought his matches were good in the Cruiser. I, I that was my favorite match for Zach, Zach Saber Jr. in the tournament was his match against Drew Gulak, because I felt like his physicality pushed Zach Saber a little more. Your favorite wrestler, Zach yeah, Saber Jr. and. Uh, I think he's got something to offer, but like I don't know if I see a character in there. Zhugulak? Yeah. Yeah. Like just black trunks, black black boots. Like you can get a character. <laughs> Dusty Rose always said, just play who you know, you know, you're a Philly guy. Yeah, well I guess he could do that. He is from Philly, maybe we'll have to try to get him on the mean, show. He's got a mean style? Philly guy? Fits. That's true. Alright, so maybe Don't you roll your eyes at me. I didn't. Maybe you'll have to work with him. I'll work with him. <laughs> You have to work on a character don't with Drew. Throw, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> I, I would never dream of it. Um, and then No Way Jose lost to Bobby Roode. Glorious! <laughs> has that has the effect of that song worn off on you yet or no? No. How about you? Not even close. <laughs> Not even close. No. I want to see Bobby Roode start going more to, towards the title. I know we got the Samoa Joe, Shinsuke... Kind of. That's where we're at feuding right now. But he's. I, I'd like to see him get start getting involved. It's between yeah. that and a Tyler Breeze song. That getting nah. time. <laughs> Speaking of Bobby Roode, if you like a spoiler, okay. I can give you one. I'll take no. a, you don't no. want a spoiler. I'll just la 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 la. <laughs> okay. Well, um, Again. <laughs> the, the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic returns. Yes. And there's a glorious tag team that I oh, think yeah. we'll all appreciate and find interesting on this show. Is Roode and Aries? No. Wow, and that's what kind of what I was expecting. No. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> so it's a glorious tag team. Yeah. Speaking of people we haven't seen in a while, where has Tyler Breeze been? He was mar- He got married. Oh, he- did he? Yeah. Fandango? <laughs> no. A- after he found those silks yeah. in Dubai, he got married. silks in Dubai for their clothing line. Um, so yeah, NXT wasn't a whole lot, but like I said, I, I enjoyed what they did, and they really executed the uh, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura story. Finale of the Cruiserweight Classic. I guess we should congratulate TJ Perkins for being the winner. I like that the finalists got medals. I thought that was cool. I like that there was the giant trophy. And and this is something I actually want to ask you specifically. I almost feel like Triple H should not be involved on Raw anymore. Because I feel like he's so beloved in the NXT setting or a setting like the Cruiserweight Classic that it's it's kind of hard to invent like unless you legitimately just count him as a yeah if you hate him as like a person like you just hate the guy it's kind of hard to view him as a heel because he's doing so many good things for the company perfect time um, to break in Mick Foley yeah like because if they do some type of women's classic you assume he's going to be involved in it like I almost feel like they should just let him run with that kind of stuff well, he he does roll with that stuff. It's just the fact that, depending on where you are, because like you said, like we said earlier, the whole NXT crowd, well, the WWE crowd doesn't always watch the NXT stuff. So, for example, I think it was NXT London. Triple H was a heel at TLC. Yeah. And NXT London, he's a babyface. Yeah. But the thing is, you get to assume that they don't watch and. More than likely, that that's proven to be true because when these NXT guys come, they're like, "Okay, who the hell is this?" Yeah, I think I just feel like I'd rather see him. The guy's been on Raw for what twenty five years now. I think it's better twenty years mm-hmm. since like ninety five. 
I feel like there there just isn't really like there's not a need. Now maybe certain big storylines he should be involved in, but I feel like he's better suited because how great of a reaction did he get when he came out at the cruiserweight classic and introduced that belt? Yeah, the, the NAC crowd they love him. He Triple H. This the, I don't make this about Triple H. But the thing is... Well, I made it about Triple H. Yeah, so okay. Okay, so, so Laugh will blame you. Yeah, yes. So, we all know Triple H wasn't a top draw in the Attitude Era. It was mainly Austin, Rock, probably Tigger, and probably Foley. But when you go... When you, when, if maybe uh, five, ten years down the road, the rise of Triple H and Triple H in the mid-2000s will be way more appreciated. He like Triple H knows he wasn't a draw. Yeah. Well, well, a main guy, but that guy will be is, is so beloved, and in years down the road, he will become more beloved and more valued because that stuff he did was awesome. He know he knows he wasn't the top guy in the pecking order, but he did what he did and ran with it. Ex great, great heel when he needed to be babyface. The fans loved him. He was a pioneer. Early ads where him him and Shawn Michaels basically create, help create the Elimination Chamber. I'm not sure how much part of it. And then he, yeah. on top of this, he's brought us to us. At, well, he made NXT not a game show anymore. Yeah. And he's bringing us <laughs> stuff like the Cruiserweight Classic and they're talking about this women's thing and how awesome it would be to do a tag team one. That would be, yeah. be, be amazing. That would be great. So down the road, Triple H should become more appreciated for his his contributions in the ring as a character and behind the scenes. Right. Um, yeah, I just because I saw that and I was like, I feel like they should just be embracing him as doing this kind of stuff more so than the other stuff. And they kind of have. I mean, I, I don't. I we don't haven't seen that, him much. I think it's really affected him too much, even when we can't yeah. on interfere with Owens. Yeah, and when he does come, as, when, when he does get serious, like actually in ring wise, it's World Rumble, WrestleMania season time. But I do agree, he doesn't really need to be on TV that much because no matter what. He's, he'll, he's, he'll always be beloved at this point, mm-hmm. and down the road he'll be more, be more beloved. But he's at, he's great at getting his heat back. Yeah. And the problem is against Roman Reigns. I thought that Triple H can get Roman Reigns over, but the thing is, you're not nobody's gonna boot Triple H. Yeah. Well, yeah, when he was out there getting cheered. Yeah, when he did, <laughs> when he, when he did the, the the fist and the yeah. suck it, he, he, they, they, he got cheered for it. Right. It was it was a great heel move, but he got cheered. Right. And getting back to T.J. Perkins, congratulations on winning the first ever Cruiserweight Classic. I'm talking about my best friend Triple H. I like, I like to see him get back on track and maybe show up on Raw, debut the title, ticker tape parade, you know, yeah. something, something like that to get get him get him rolling. Yeah, uh, I thought I liked the belt. I thought it was cool that they presented it. I loved. Here's one of the things I like. I loved the presentation of that finale of the Cruiserweight Classic. It felt important. And when Triple H came out, the way T.J. Perkins was looking at him when he was talking, like. This is Triple H. Like, <laughs> all struck. Yeah, and then the way they looked at the belt when he showed it to them, I thought that was awesome. Um, what did you think of the match itself? I thought all the all three matches yeah. were great. Yeah, yeah. they were um, pretty, pretty, pretty fun to watch. And I loved, I loved the story of the Ibushi-Perkins match. That was great. And I loved almost, like, because obviously TJ Perkins is a huge underdog. But I loved the way... He had him in the knee bar, and then he reached for his neck and started cracking yeah. his neck. And it was almost, to me, it was almost like, okay, this is the guy who's supposed to lose. He's outmatched, and it's like, I smell blood because yeah, I, you know, I've been killing his knee. He like smelled blood and like just went for it, and he got the win. His reaction after he won, I thought, was great. Um, I thought his speech was great afterwards as well. Like that he mentioned that, uh, you know, <laughs> I may have won. 
but this isn't about me. This is about 32 guys. And when I came in here, those the 32 guys were my peers, and now they're all my hero. Like, I thought that was awesome. Like, yeah, we all did this together. Yeah, a lot of sh- shout-out shout Yeah, like this. Like, yeah, maybe so I successful. won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might have been the one that won, but we all did this. So I, I appreciated the spirit of that. Um, Talked to you before the uh, finale. That was kind of your prog- prognostication that TJ Perkins was coming in on top. So kudos to you <laughs> on your big call. Yeah, we. Um, yeah, it was just kind of like, well, he, he signed. Yeah. Who she didn't. Because why would he put the title when I got it in sign? Although I think, I think even maybe the week before I might have said that. Like I just had a feeling, but because he, I think maybe because he was my favorite guy in the thing. Because it, it, it became a thought to me that day. I'm like, okay, Abushi's not signed, Zach Sabre's not signed. So why would they have a guy who's not signed win the tournament? But then, uh, but then you can sign him, mm-hmm. and then things but, change. Yeah, but yeah, but TJ Perkins and Grand Metal League were already confirmed to be signings. And we're we're going to be in the division, but. I like how they put over the so-called two best, two of the best top talents in ring-wise. Yeah. Over by having them go both go to the semifinals. Like I didn't watch the, the Cruiserweight Classic live, but after a bullshit that last ride powerbomb and Tia Perkins kicked out, like he's winning. What a great moment that was, though. Yeah. Like I even remember they went to the to the crowd and you saw the one fan. Yeah. Like what was that? Like, yeah. Shocked <laughs> that he kicked out of it. I thought that was awesome. Um, and I loved it. At that point, there was like a big upset. Yeah, and that they the announced team sold it as a huge upset. Um, yeah, I'm happy for TJ Perkins. I think that guy is great. I think the like WWE main roster fans are really going to like him. I love that he had the Filipino flag yeah. ring gear. I thought that was a great touch. Um, I, I thought it was a great finale, though. Great tournament. Um, it's an awesome tournament. It's everything I expected, and and somewhat in some ways more. Was there anybody? Obviously. I know I think I only knew like five guys had ever seen them before this thing. Other than TJ Perkins, was there one guy that like stood out above and beyond to you? Rick Swan. Rich Rich Swan, Swan. yeah. He was really impressive, fun to watch. Um, kinda reminded me of, like uh Kofi Kingston in when he was doing the uh, thing, <laughs> but I mean like he was he, he was awesome to watch. Yeah. A lot impressive. of high energy, a lot of fun. How about yeah. you, Halo? Well, I only knew probably about maybe five or six guys, but um, I didn't see Tony Nese, but I heard great things about you, so I'm, I'm not going to count that because I'll, I'll trust your judgment. Yeah. But um, I'll say Graham Metalik because he was awesome. Like like that Hurricane Ronnie he did when he ran with well, a Frankenstein when he yeah. ran to the t- ropes, mm-hmm. jumped over the ropes, yeah. and did a Frankenstein to the outside. That was <laughs> I was like, whoa, this guy is awesome. <laughs> and I didn't expect him to go to the finals. Yeah. But he ended up going to yeah, the finals and putting a great match. He, he, even his match with Zack Saber Jr. was good. That was probably Zack Saber Jr.'s best match. And I thought you would like it because it wasn't like a technical exhibit where the guys are standing there. Mentally, they were actually no, doing they, something. They it was, told a story. It was fast right from the go. And they sold it like this is important. Uh, and that was one of the, one, another one of my big things I wrote down was that um, Ibushi crying afterwards mm-hmm. to me was like a huge deal like saying that this is important. I wanted to win. Yeah, like I wanted to win. And I didn't. I, I, everybody I, thought he was going to win. Um, yeah, but that 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 was a good match. Zack Saber and uh, Grand Metal League. All three matches were great. I thought the whole tournament was awesome. The fact that we know we're going to get another one, I think, is really cool. I hope we get that women one. Yeah, but I, I really want too. a tag team one. That'd yeah. be awesome. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, hats off to Triple H for the 32 competitors.
to Corey Graves in the uh, Cruiserweight Classic Control Room. It feels very weird watching Cruiserweights without Brian and Morrow. Yeah, it, it does feel weird. And yeah, kudos to the two of them, Mauro Ronaldo and Daniel Bryan, for commentating some of those incredible matches and bringing them to life. I can't wait for Michael Cole to call the, call the, um, the knee bar at STF. Oh, God. I can't <laughs> wait. What an idiot. <laughs> uh, any, anybody with any more thoughts on the Cruiserweight Classic before we get to some listener questions? Thank you, Hunter. <laughs> yes, thank you, Hunter. As That's your boy? Yes, yeah, best friend. That's our best friend. <laughs> so we have some listener questions. Yes, we do. We have a question from Professor Charles Xavier Ahmed Johnson. Okay. <laughs> he says, he asks, how long before Raw and SmackDown start to invade each other's pay-per-views? My hope is that it, we are still at least nine months away from that. I want it to be a full year of exclusive uh, and like build towards that. I don't want them to start doing that too soon. How about you? If at all, I don't think we're going to see it till maybe WrestleMania season rolls back around. That might have some crossover potential just to get the matchups they want on, on the card. But in, other than that, I, I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, how about you, Halo? I agree with Joey because at Wrestle, WrestleMania season, because at WrestleMania, they will, when the brands were split originally, they will always have an interpromotional match. You know, they had um, Lashley and Umaga, they had Shawn Michaels versus Kurt Angle, also match. Um, that was a great match. Yeah. I, know, I just recently watched it again. It, was, it, was, it still blew my mind. But it's, they always have any promotion matches. Like I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of stuck on we'll get Orton, Lesnar 2 at WrestleMania. Or, cause I can also see, I can also see mm. Shane and Brock because they'll bring, they'll bring that back up. But I, I do believe it'll be WrestleMania. That's right. I think we'll get Shane and Brock. I think that they pretty much already... But how can you... The stupid thing about that is, okay, I, I would watch that match because Shane always does something crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you squash Randy Orton, who's supposed to be one of a major competitors, how are you going to do anything more with Shane? I mean, I don't know. That's well, that, <laughs> kind of the... that was always Shane's thing. Shane always kind of bit off more than he could chew. Like, Shane never actually... All these things we remember Shane for, Shane never actually won these matches. There's only probably a couple, one that he actually probably won. When he jumped off the stage onto the big show mm-hmm. in that last man standing match. Other than that, he really basically get he he puts his body on the line and for the most part he gets thrown around. Like this match could kind of be like, like when he faces Brock, it could kind of be like when he fought Kurt Angle at King of the Ring on mm-hmm. one in that street fight. Just goes back to my point. I'm just bringing up again how these unentertaining matches with Brock Lesnar do nothing for nobody. I don't want to see. Like, I've been watching Unforgiven though too. I want to go back and watch the old Brock stuff because that was actually wrestling. Now I, I can give a damn about Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, what else we got? I got another question from the Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. No, okay. Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. <laughs> All right, he he has the best of seven series kill Cesaro's steam. Hmm. No, because he didn't really have a lot of steam prior to that. I mean, he maybe got a little more pop when he started coming out with the 007 outfit, but I don't think he was doing anything significant to kill any steam. My initial instinct was to say no, like Joe said, that he didn't have any steam. But here's where I actually think maybe he did. Fully told the two of them, Sheamus and Cesaro, basically like, Cesaro, you got drafted later than you wanted to because you had some medical issues. Um, Sheamus, your head hasn't been in it since, you know, back when you cashed in. You guys both need to prove something. And Cesaro won. Then he basically said, I wanted one guy to have, like, 
a physical domination over the other guy, and it didn't happen. So you guys are gonna have another match, and Cesaro won again. So to me, it's like okay, he just beat the guy twice. Now let him. He proved himself. Now let him move on to something else. Then right after that, they do this best of seven series, and he loses three matches in a row to the guy. And now he's won three in a row. But like I said. How are you going to get really invested in that when you knew this thing was going to seven matches already anyway? It should have been over already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'll kind of forget about that after the best of seven. I mean, if you're talking from Cesaro's standpoint, if he wins. If he loses, again, he loses all steam. But if he wins this and they kind of move him away from this, kind of get him away from Sheamus, you'll forget about it really relatively quickly. I forgot about all of the matches already. <laughs> I just know who won. I don't. I haven't retained anything from that. Do you think this killed Cesaro's steam? Uh, in a way, yes, because he did beat Sheamus two or three times before this series started. So, and then he lost three straight, which made no sense to even have this series. It should have. It should have ended. They should just have one one more match, but they basically basically did this to have something for these guys to do. Yeah. So I think losing three matches due to Sheamus. All right, we give them a best of seven. We don't have to think about it for exactly for a few more weeks. <laughs> like, we, we we have some more time. <laughs> How about we draw on the seventh match? And we do three more. <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna have Sheamus win the first three. <laughs> and people will be on the edge of the seats. They all even have the door. <laughs> And then he he also but he also asked if Gallows and Anderson don't want to clash the champions. Where does this leave them? What does this leave them to do? Picking up scraps, licking their wounds for a while. I don't, I don't see all of a sudden that they're going to make them tag champs. I don't know what they're going to do with them. So I think this just leaves them as like another afterthought for a while. I don't know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I think if they lose, and that's kind of where I think it's going to be, they need to find a mean streak. They need to say that, you know, all this super stuff they've been doing hasn't been working, so they're turning a corner and they're going back to the kind of bullet club, kind of kicking butt and taking names. Yeah. Get them reestablished that way. I hope that's what they do. I hope they don't talk anymore. Uh, that's my thing. And the last question is, I think I can speak for all of us. Uh-huh. Am I the only one who finds Epico's Mimican Endo's Running Man hilarious? I will make it a point to try to see it by the time we are on here for the next show. But like I said, I was sleepwalking through Raw, so I, I didn't see it. I have no idea. Well, when End- Primo and Epico come on TV, I, I just sleep. <laughs> so, that's my answer. I'm sorry, Lowdown. I'm sorry. Joey, <laughs> did you see Epico do this I didn't no? pick up on it. No, it wasn't. It might be so bad because you might just think he's actually running. <laughs> <laughs> so well, we have some homework for this yeah. week. We have to see, we have to see Epico see the mocking man. the running man, yes. So we have one more question from the desk... Of Joe Lafferty. The voice? <laughs> yeah. You know I hate Kevin Nash, but I enjoyed the show he just did with JBL. In all these shows and documentaries, everyone gives so much credit to the NWO for changing wrestling. More than the NWO and even Stone Cold, I believe Paul Heyman changed wrestling. Heyman introduced us to a better wrestling program with so much talent. Sorry, Hack Myers, but Jericho, Benoit, Sabu, Taz... Eddie Malenko, Ray, Psychosis, Too Cold, and RVD brought pure wrestling to my TV every week. It was a style that I was familiar with because I used to trade tapes, but the ability to watch it every week was heavenly. Sit down, Nash. Paul Heyman is the GOAT. Why do you think Heyman is overlooked? You want to answer that first? Or? If you want me to, I can answer it first. I have a very simple answer. 
I think there's I, I may get this quote wrong, but uh, history is written by the victor. I think is the way it's something along those lines. So WWE obviously won the war for professional wrestling. So it is left to Vince McMahon and WWE to tell history the way they see it. If you watch the Monday Night Wars, that as great as that series was, a lot of that stuff was like very WWE propaganda, not so much factual reporting of what the Monday Night War really was. So I think Paul Heyman's contributions are kind of washed out because why would Vince McMahon give another guy credit for winning wrestling? Can you, can you elaborate on that WWE propaganda thing? Yes. They tell the story that they want you to believe. So there's a lot of things that happen in the Monday Night Wars where like maybe WCW was doing things better than what WWE is telling you they did. Revisionist history. Yes, maybe WWE was doing some things not as good as they're acting like they did at the time. So basically they're just telling us what they want us to believe about all this wrestling history, not so much what actually factually happened. Because there's a couple things. Like, no, I know they gave a lot of credit to the NWO. Mm-hmm. And I know... The only time I can... I'm, I'm basically going with this where I think they can actually compare yeah. and actually gave WCW credit was the NWO. And when they did the Cruiserweight episode, it was the Rise, yeah. of, the rise of the Cruiserweights where they said WWE tried to adapt that with mm-hmm. like heavyweight title and it didn't work. Yeah. So, was there anything else they missed? There's nothing I can think of off the top of my head because I really didn't watch WCW. But I'm, I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about from the um, from those document Monday Night War episodes. Oh, was there anything they missed that WCW did well? Yes. Like I said, I don't know because I wasn't watching it. Okay. But I know that I've I've seen, and I never read the articles again because I did, being a pro WWE person, I did not want to read anything I didn't want to see about WCW. But there is an article, and maybe for next week I'll look it up and we can mention this on the air. Somebody actually wrote everything that WWE basically was untruthful about in those documentaries. Um, so my guess is there are more than those two things. Um, but yeah, I think Heyman does not get the credit he deserves because WWE does not want to give it to him. They want people to see him as the advocate or what we're seeing him as now. They don't want to see him as the visionary who really ushered in the Attitude Era. That's that's what I think. How about you? You want to go, Joey? Or... I'll go. I mean, based off what I feel is I in an, in a time and era where managers aren't what they used to be back in the day, where where they feature managers. Well, he's kind of like a manager, and I don't think Paul Heyman wants or asks for that extra attention. He's all about building good characters and good storylines and helping getting wrestlers over. I don't think he's asking for all this super attention. I think when you sit back, when he's out of wrestling, you'll look back years later and say what kind of contributions he made. But now that is still kind of relevant, still kind of in the picture. Yeah. Kind of, still kind of mouse piecing for people who can't really do it for themselves. Break the mic, <laughs> yeah. like Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll still be relevant, but you're not going to give him the appreciation he deserves. Yeah. All right. What? So, what are your thoughts? Or do you think Paul Heyman does get the credit he deserves? Well, behind closed doors. <laughs> yeah, behind closed doors because they trust him with certain things. But the reason I don't think he gets a lot, I know, a lot of credit is because the failure of ECW and. And how he ran ECW because, like you said, I, I've, I've heard there would have been money problems in ECW. Yeah. And 
copyright stuff where he didn't care about because I know on the ECW shows on the network all the music is basically replaced mm-hmm. because he didn't care about copyrights yeah. and, and also the, like I said also the failure of ECW but they do trust him with certain things like when he was writing Smackdown he would have the comment Taz and Cole talking about Cole Raw The B Show and yeah. And I know he did work on the video. I, did, I know he did work on the video game all the time for for the story modes and stuff like that. So, but I think ultimately he doesn't get enough credit because of the failure of ECW. But they'll give him credit for his characters, but not the real mind that he actually is. Yeah, I because uh, I I feel the same thing. Like I give ECW more credit for changing wrestling than I do WCW. As great as the NWO storyline was and as much as that influenced a lot of things Paul Heyman was he was kind of ahead of the curve he just had the smallest company to work with yeah he didn't have the expenses but he had WWE helping him out but mm-hmm. he still had entertain the fans yeah um that's everything is there anything else anybody wants to add before we get One out of here thing. yeah um, I think Lav had the question last week too about who had the better rookie year yeah um, Brock or AJ but we kind of left somebody out who Possibly had a, be- a better great great rookie year, Kurt Angle. Oh yeah, because he he ran he won every title. Mm-hmm. Well, not the tag title, the hardcore title, but he won the European title, won the Intercontinental title, won King of the Ring, and then two months later in August at SummerSlam he's the main event in SummerSlam, and then two months later after SummerSlam he wins the title. Yeah. So, AJ or Kurt Angle. So AJ gets a huge boost solely for the the win against Cena at SummerSlam. But, yeah, I don't know. It might be Kurt Angle, especially for a guy who truly was a rookie. Like, AJ is a rookie in WWE, but he's been around for a long time, and he knows what he's doing. Kurt Angle was just picking this up, was a brand new guy to the business, and he just took off and ran. So, I think maybe i got to give the, the credit to Kurt Angle there. Our first ever uh, Matt Madness March Mania bracket winner. Yeah. For the record. He did win. <laughs> I would have to go back and do some research to answer the question intelligently to see like what kind of matches Kurt Angle put on because AJ has been superior in the, in the ring, and I mean back then Kurt Angle might be getting a push, even though he wasn't the best in ring performer. I would have to do some research, but I mean given what you just laid out, I would have to give it just off those facts to Angle. I would go with Angle because like Ron said. He was new to the business, and right from the get up, from right from the jump, he did it. He knew how to do everything, and he says that he didn't even have it down until 2002, 2003. <laughs> but he he could do comedy. He could be serious. Late early in his career, he was he was the he wasn't a comedy character, but he knew how to get heat. Then he yeah. was a legend Christian for a little bit, got King of the Ring, and then he started his stuff with Triple H. That's when he got he got serious. And then when he beat The Rock at No Mercy 2000. The thing with even as a champion, he fell to the back burner because that's when Austin came back, and that's when Triple H and Austin their their rivalry started because from the previous year of Austin getting ran over. So Angle kind of fell to the back burner as the second story. But for somebody who was so new to the business at the time, I'll have to give it to Kurt Angle because they gave him so much and he ran with it. And he didn't disappoint at all. Yeah, and the dude was awesome. Um Still, it's he's true. still awesome. It's true. It's damn true. It's damn true. <laughs> oh, speaking of Heyman, he was great on commentary too. We'll have his commentary for Throwback Madness next month for No Mercy on One, <laughs> which we're all looking forward to. Yes, we are. Um, so once again, check out Throwback Madness Unforgiven 2002. Check out Matt Madness Unsanctioned Episode Three with the iconic Shivani, and 
subscribe, follow, five-star reviews for Matt Madness on iTunes. Uh, for Mr. Sexy Punakanis, he came from Rottermill. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, hailing from Naples, Italy, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.